Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. It's safe to say there's a lot of buzz around CBD, and it's easy to see why. Leading cannabis research shows that the collective market for CBD sales in the U.S. will surpass $20 billion in 2024. Who wouldn't want a slice of that pie? So when Coco Mears launched her CBD company, Equilibria, in the spring of 2018, the space was already flooded with thousands of brands. But instead of being discouraged by the competition, Coco and her co-founder, Marcy Capron Vermillion, were driven by it. They also didn't view current brands as competitors. Most of them were not seed to sale or medical grade. And it was clear the market was ripe for transparency and results-driven formulas. They quickly got to work filling that white space. But Equilibria is so much more than just a premium, farm-fresh, full-spectrum CBD product line. The co-founders went one step ahead by offering personalized medical-grade CBD routines and dedicated one-on-one dosage support with a specialist. They're the only CBD brand to offer that service, which is huge because there's so much confusion around CBD. No one even knows where to start, but you're about to get a masterclass truly. As a four-women, bi-women company, they understand that female bodies are different from cyclical changes, the very real challenges of menopause childbirth, and everything in between. Hello, period cramps. And women deserve a CBD brand that can deliver all of the above. So in today's episode of Work Party, I sit down with Coco to dive into their seed to sale concept, why we should all believe the hype around CBD, and how they built trust in an unregulated industry. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Coco. Thank you, Jacqueline. I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. I'm so excited to have you and hear about your amazing entrepreneurial journey. Um, I obviously know about you through Equilibria, which we will get into, but going down the rabbit hole of your life and your career has been fascinating. So um, let's start at the beginning. You know, you had so many twists and turns spanning tech operator to entrepreneur, now investor and advisor, and now founder of a new company. But let's start with your first company called Pretty Quick. 
which you then sold a group on, which we'll talk about. But tell us what Pretty Quick was. How did it start? Did you get funding? Tell us all the things. Awesome. So backing up one teeny little step before Pretty Quick was I cut my teeth in the, you know, my first job ever was at L'Oreal in New York and then, and then in Paris. And I came back to the States after France and uh, decided that, um, decided that I really wanted a business degree. I was an English major that just found my way into a brand management position, which I thought was marketing. And so it was words and imagery and all branding, but I'm so grateful for the lesson that my God, marketing is so much more than a brand or advertising. It's, it's a P and L and it's a customer promise and it's, you know, weaving all the things together. So I had just been doing that for large multinational brands, Maybelline, Garnier Fructis, all of these big, you know, multinational brands, but had never experienced what it was like to do that for something smaller, for something that I cared deeply about, for something about which I felt a ton of mission. And so my first exposure to entrepreneurship was moving back to Chicago with, you know, I was going to business school, but before business school started, I was lucky enough to get an internship at a venture capital fund where basically I came in for a little while and they were like, oh, look, you're a marketer. Can you help all of these you know, app developers with their go-to-market planning? And, 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 I, and I fell in love. I was so inspired by the founder journey and all of these people who were putting their breathing, sleeping, eating, all the money that they had was going to solving this problem that they so desperately cared about. I just was so inspired by it. So went to business school with the explicit intention of starting a company. And I basically spent the rest of the time before school started racking my brain on, on like what problems as a consumer, I'm very drawn to, to consumer, both product and digital and physical. So what problems needed solving? And hopefully some of you can relate, but you know, even now the problem hasn't been solved because it's a $70 billion market without a marketplace. But especially in 2009, if you wanted to go get, I'm embarrassed to show these now because it's been nine months or March, six months. But if you wanted to go get a no chip Manny, what you literally had to like Google and call all the places that were around you to find who was open, who was available, bikini wax, eyebrow wax, all these things that, you know, contribute to our self-care were, um, there was so much friction involved in finding and booking appointments. So my first company, Pretty Quick, was an app to solve that problem. We facilitated seamless booking at salons and spas nationwide. It was my first foray into tech as a CPG marketer before that. So I made all the mistakes. We can talk about any of them. I did so much wrong. Let's unpack that. But eventually, you know, ruthlessly persistent, really in love with this promise of like a more convenient way to take care of yourself for women. I think you have to be like mission driven in whatever you're doing. I feel that now more, more with equilibrium than ever, but I was determined to find a solution and ultimately did. And, um, and we sold, we sold to Groupon in 2015. Amazing. So I'm so curious, what do you think prepared you more for entrepreneurship business school or your, your past corporate career at L'Oreal? I mean, you know, a little bit of all those things. Yeah. Cause I've talked to some people who said like, I'm so happy I had a corporate career first. Yeah. Yes. Before launching my first company. And some people were like, Oh no, I'm so glad I just jumped right in. Okay. So in one, two, and three order, number one, just doing it. I mean, there's no greater experience than just you know, putting one foot in front of the other and trying. And we live in this amazing time in our economy when you can, you can just 
partner with complementary people and build something. And the almost the entire world is tech enabled. There is an app or a SaaS platform or something that can help you build some little proof point to test whether or not your idea is actually a business model that has merit. There's lots of, you know, hobbies and passion plays, but is the business model going to work or not? You know, I mean, I think we're so lucky to live in a time where you can just go through the motions. So doing it was number one, making all the mistakes. I mean, that's such a cheesy thing to say. It's the truth. You learn when you do things wrong. It took me really years to find the right way to speak to technologists, to recruit the right engineering Mm. partners, to finally find our, you know, our, our CTO. Understanding unit economics, you know, like how it's not just about acquiring the customer. What are you meaningfully serving up to her again and again and again and again? I mean, consumer mobile apps, think about all of the apps that you have on your phone. How many of them do you open on a daily basis? Maybe two, three. I mean, it's so hard to break through the clutter. So needless to say, we did a lot wrong. And, um, and that was my, the greatest teacher was, was just starting and trying. And then number two was the corporate experience. I mean, Mm. And that general management rotational training program, which was where I started before heading into true brand management, you know, it's, it's your business. You're running the business. You're a little, little micro CEO. And I feel so grateful that L'Oreal gave me that, you know, trained me to, to, to kind of mold me into that role. You're accountable to a number, but there's lots of different ways to influence the number. You're a generalist, but you're committed to the, to the output. And like, you'll pull whatever strings you need to, to, to make it cross-functionally, which I think is a great lesson for startup founders. So one, doing it. Two, brand management, CPG brand management is a great training ground. And then three, you know, personally, I didn't, I was an English major and I, and English and French, and I just never wanted to be afraid to ask questions. Mm. Um, I wanted to, to look at financial statements and understand how to read them inside and out. So to me, that the, the, the finance, that was more of a personal driver. I don't mm. think requirement at all to be a successful founder or to scale the business up to, you know, a meaningful point. Hey, work party listeners. If you follow me on Instagram, you know how much I love wine. Today, I want to give you the scoop on usual wines. Are you not familiar? Well, let me fill you in. Usual Wines takes the same artful approach to making real wine, but delivers it in generous single-serve glasses. No additives, no sweeteners, and no recorked bottles. Yes to sustainable farms, the best grapes in California, and a fresh glass every single time. Their wines are for the modern drinker, and since every bottle is only 6.3 ounces, your days of pouring stale, unfinished wine down the drain are over. And now for some nutritional facts. Did you know that in the U.S. there are over 60 additives allowed by law to be used in winemaking? Usual doesn't use any chemical or sugar additives. They're truly a clean wine brand. And maybe some of you are asking, but don't grapes contain sugar? Well, yes, they do. All Usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes, which are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be completely fermented until the wines are dry. All that's left over is delicious, low-calorie, clean wine with no residual sugar. As far as varieties go, Usual has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine. My personal fave is the Usual Brut. It has these amazing notes of lemon, elderflower, and bergamot. It's refreshing and the perfect way to end a busy remote work week. Plus, you don't have to recap every single time and use those amazing bubbles. It's the perfect glass. So have I sold you yet? 
head to Usual's website at www.usualwines.com and use our discount code WORKPARTY to receive $8 off your first order. Again, use discount code WORKPARTY at checkout to enjoy your first glass of Usual on us. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the birds with Paya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. So how long was Pretty Quick around? We started, the first version went live in the, in 2011. And then the, we killed the first version like a year later. And then we rebuilt the second version. And then we kind of killed the second version. And then we built the third version. And I mean, just again, failure yeah. after failure, learning after learning. But eventually it started to work, really meaningfully work in 2013, 14, and then sold to Groupon in 2015, operated as a separate business unit within the Groupon kind of portfolio for a year, and then ultimately became a, um, an upscale extension of the Groupon experience called Beauty Now um, mm. until 2017, 2018. So we had a good little seven, eight year run. Yeah, totally. So what was the impetus to sell? I mean, that's a quick kind of turnaround to sell um, a business? And what advice do you have for entrepreneurs that are looking to maybe sell their company or be acquired or merge or whatever? Yeah. So one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn was that the vision that I had just didn't make economic sense. Mm. The path that we would need to go down in order to make the vision happen for, for the customer, for this customer in the salon, it was just, there was too much friction standing in the way. I mean, think about it. Supply and demand didn't meet. There's a reason why there is no marketplace like this. And we got so far to figuring it out. We, and we, but to do it, we had to aggregate over 200 different software providers that the salons and spas were already using and seamlessly, mm. you know, consolidate all of that supply, translate that supply, keep that supply updated as it changed all the time, and then surface that supply in real time the minute when you needed a manicure. So that's like really kind of hardcore, you know, product. It's a huge undertaking. Yeah. One. <laughs> Two the importance of the go-to-market strategy. Let's say we got the tech perfect, which by the way, we did. We got really, really, really close to perfect. It wasn't always perfect because we didn't own the supply, but we figured out algorithms. We figured out, you know, ways to bridge human and tech solutions together. Like we got really close, but what if we didn't have the salon that was like closest to you? Like hyper-local density was so important. Concentration was so important. And so building a marketplace, really, really hard to make supply and demand, you know, mm. work together in a hyper-local way such that when you, Jacqueline, needed a no-chip Manny, not only did we have an appointment nearby, but we had an appointment nearby at the best and the closest nail salon. And when you thought of us in that moment, you know, we were there to service you. So anyway, it's just all really hard. And when we were evaluating, and it's always going to be hard. And if it's not hard, if someone tells you that it's easy, they're, t they're, they're lying to you. And lies. The reason, yeah. Lies. 
The reason that we decided to, um, at first Groupon came to talk to us about an acquisition and I said, what? No way. And I am very close still with the team that led the deal. And they, they will tell you this too. You know, I thought your discounts, we're convenience, your, your name rhymes with coupon. We stand for like a high quality, you know, really elite experience here and, and just making it easier for the consumer. But then I learned that it was a billion dollar business, health, beauty, and wellness at Groupon, and that it was declining. And so I, w- I became very inspired by this strategy that we had to together breathe innovation into a publicly traded company that was eroding and that didn't have that like breath of life that it needed to carry it forward beyond its legacy days. And so actually the inspiration behind the sale was twofold. One, I knew that in order to make the vision happen, so the stars had to align. Um, and And the chances of the stars aligning you know, after we raised all the venture money and then, and then going into the exit, like why not instead capitalize on all of the supply side and all of the demand side that Groupon already had, but then just like reframe those assets and focus them on a proposition, a promise that was different and that could reinvigorate the business and, you know, take a billion dollars and turn it into two or three or four. Like that's super meaningful growth that then would even have ripple effects at the share price level. So it kind of became another entrepreneurial experience, but within a larger company and with more resources. Amazing. And how long were you there for? I was there for two and a half years post-exit. And then how long was the time period between Groupon to launching your next company? I pretty quickly, I had been doing some soul searching about what was next. And I had been actively investing in women, founders, mostly who were doing either, you know, consumer, consumer tech marketplace or consumer product startups where my passion and heart lies. So I have a, um, an investment vehicle called rebel rebel collective in which I've invested in about 10 female founders, um, and their consumer models. So I thought upon leaving Groupon that I would just invest for a little bit and, um, you know, generate a portfolio that way and listen and learn and meet amazing people. And just kind of, my goal was to sit on the sidelines and, and invest and help in others with capital and with time. And I thought, who knows where that, where that would go. Maybe I thought I would, I would, you know, if I liked being an investor, I would have start a know, fund. raise, right. Raise outside capital, start a fund. And Jacqueline, it was during that time that I, you know, just like my inner voice, it was so obvious to me if I just, once I quieted down and listened to that voice that I wasn't ready, ready to, to sit on the sidelines, not that active investing at an early stage is sitting on the sidelines. Great investor partners are reaching across and being very hands-on and tactical and helpful and helping to build. But I love building. I mm. love creating. And as I was meeting with all of these other founders, I realized I didn't want to just help them build. I wanted to co-build with them. And so that's what happened when I met with Marcy, my now co-founder, who was um, one of the first really incredible engineers with whom I partnered on the first version of Pretty Quick. We got together in March of 2018 and we were just catching up. We were catching up as colleagues and as friends. And I thought she's, Marcy is constantly thinking about innovation and always has her finger on the pulse of the next thing. So I thought maybe Marcy was working on something cool that I could help her with. Did she need any seed capital? Did she need a, a marketing hire for a little while? But 
her vulnerability and honesty and just real talk in that moment of what had been going on in her mind and in her body for the past 12 to 18 months, it just stopped all that. It stopped the noise. It stopped me thinking about all these other things that could be and just focused me in on her, on her story, on the results of medical grade CBD product and on the power of like, you know, of, of entering this market in a different way and what we could do for other women. Hey, Work Party listeners, I don't know about you, but I've kicked my self-care routine into high gear during quarantine, particularly my skincare regimen. Taking care of your skin is so, so, so important, whether your skincare concerns are dullness, redness, fine lines, or acne. Trying to find the right treatment can be so frustrating. Well, great news. I found a simpler, smarter solution to skincare. Let me introduce you to Rory, a digital health clinic for women. Rory is the sister brand of Roman, a male-focused healthcare solution. Like Roman, Rory makes it simple to connect with a healthcare professional online who will help you decide if personalized prescription skincare treatment is the right move for you. You can do this all from the comfort of your home. Simply go on your smartphone or computer, complete a free consultation, and wait to hear from a US-licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. If appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment plan that works for you and your skin. It really is that simple. With Rory, you don't even have to go to the pharmacy. Your custom skincare is delivered right to your door with free two-day shipping. You can also follow up with a healthcare professional anytime if you need to make a change to your treatment or have any questions. They're with you every step of the way on your skincare journey. Plus, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So head to hellorory.com slash party to try out Rory's customized prescription skincare nightly defense for just $5. It's free to chat with the doctor and your first order is just $5. Again, that's hellorory.com slash party to receive customized skincare for only $5. Eligibility requirements and additional terms may apply. So, so much to talk about, but one, let's start with your investing and then we'll get to equilibria. But so what do you look for in companies that you invest in? Having, as we talked about with pretty quick, having lived through the trenches for years in a model that wasn't really working. I wanted it to work and we, and we muscled our way into making it like kind of work enough that we built, you know, we did a lot right. And so then pairing it with some existing assets, like we talked about in the Groupon acquisition was really strategic and and started working. But having lived in a business model that isn't working, where when you're not meeting your goals, when when you're spending so much money on marketing and then then they're not coming back, that's burning cash Mm. and putting you in a position where you really urgently need to go and fundraise in order to have the runway that you need in order to retool it. I've lived through that founder journey and it's really hard to break that spiral. And so what I look for most of all is very simple. It's unit economics. What is the marketing channel? Have we proven the marketing channel yet? And can we really acquire the customer for less than we can make in gross profit dollars the very first transaction? And if not the first one, what's our guarantee of frequency and repeat return? I mean, 
that is like the fundamental. And it seems so obvious. Like, of course, if you're building a business, you need to know how you're going to go find customers and you need to know that they're going to be able to pay you more than you can make the product for. That seems so obvious. But Jacqueline, I mean, in the hundreds, if not thousands of business plans that I've reviewed, like it's, it's amazing how many businesses are just not there yet. And, and I think sometimes we become so enamored with our own, as I have been like our own vision for where we want it to go, that we're actually not listening to the market and we're not, we're not optimizing the business model. We're just pursuing a, we're pursuing an opportunity that might not make sense. Yeah. So at the end of the day, unit economics are the number one thing that I work for, that I look for. How much does it cost us to acquire and what's the lifetime value of a customer? Beyond that, of course, who is this founder? Is she, how resourceful is she? How tenacious is she? Is she willing? It's going to be so hard and it, she's going to just encounter blocker after blocker after blocker. And how is she going to retool every single day? How can she inspire others? This won't just be about her. This will be about evangelizing to investors, building the balance sheet that she needs to, building the talent roster that she needs to, thinking well beyond today into tomorrow. So is she, is she a visionary? Can she lead? Can she engender trust and support from others? And does she have a business that works? Yeah. I mean, I, you, you would think that those boxes are easy to check, but they're not. Right. Um, but I think that's so true. I think there is a lot of a lot of vision, not a lot of execution. Um, and I think that that's really challenging and, and getting those right pieces in place, like you mentioned, or bringing on an investor like you who, who has, who have done it. Um, that's amazing. And so and do you- I don't think, I mean, you know, as we were saying, it's like, what's that hierarchy? How do you, how do you even like, for me, it was, it was life and learning and, and failing number one teacher, you know, other work experience and drawing on really great, you know, corporate or otherwise experience, but work experience, but business school lasts. But I'll, I'll just say, I'll just say it doesn't have to be business school, but there has to be some financial acumen, some ability to mm. get into Excel. You might've never opened Excel before. Get into it and figure out the most simple version of your business model. Because if you can't do that, this isn't a business. This is a hobby. And that's also okay. This is a passion. That's also okay. But it, it you know, a founder has to be able to speak to her numbers deeply inside and out and without like consulting others or, you know, a cheat sheet. Yeah. You have to fall in love with the numbers. It's so true. Um, and you know, just go to the YouTube university and <laughs> teach yourself some good, some good old economics. Yes. Yes. I love it. Okay. So CBD, like Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard of CBD, you're living under a rock. I mean, CBD is everywhere. It's in everything. It's healing the world. It's the miracle ingredient. So you get into CBD through your newest venture, which is Equilibria, which we're talking about meeting your co-founder. So tell us about the story that you know convinced you that this was the next venture for you. So... I had all these plans to, to scale this, this investment platform and Marcy, my now co-founder, stopped them in their tracks when she just shared honestly and with incredible bravery what had been happening in her life, which was a spinal injury through a kayaking accident, which resulted in you know such pain that she could barely walk. And for months, pain medications, pharmaceutical pain medications weren't, weren't working. Um, and so someone gifted her CBD for her 30th birthday. And yes, it's this miracle ingredient. And yes, there's so much hype. And yes, we hear about it all the time, but it's also a 
very complex space that is very nascent, that is not federally regulated, where there's more, way more bad than good. And so thankfully, someone gifted her a really great, high quality cannabinoid and terpene rich, very consistent, safe, full spectrum product. And she began to take that product every single day. And she noted, she noticed that not only did her physical pain go away such that she could actually take get off those pharmaceutical drugs, which weren't completely working for her anyway, but in staying with the routine beyond the, the once her, once her spine was, was feeling better, she still, she stuck with it because as she says it, she said that she had this strange sense of optimism. And um, I just love that, you know, that the, the honesty and the vulnerability of, of, of admitting that it had been a while since she had genuinely felt optimistic because she had been battling other mental health challenges. And so CBD not only helped Marcy get off of the pain medication, but also titrate off of some, you know, two or three drugs that she was using for her mental health journey. And Marcy is a data-driven technologist. And this was the first time I was very undereducated, Jacqueline. This was spring of 2018. Shame on me. I thought cannabis was about recreation. I didn't know that it was about medicine. A lot of people think that. A lot of people don't understand that. And so I'm excited to kind of dive into that because I still think like, I'll say to my mom, oh yeah, CBD. And she's like, well, I don't want to feel high or like, yeah, like they don't get it. So, so, so tell us a little bit more about that. Dive in. So Marcy turned me on to it and then, and then she didn't stop there. Then she, she went on to say, but she was so impressed with her own results that she then went to participate in and eventually lead these workshops where women were coming in from all over the state to share their own journeys, which were often help me. Where do I start? This is so confusing. Am I going to get high? Do I start with 100 milligrams a day or 10? What does sublingual mean? I mean, holding oil under your tongue isn't exactly a, a, a standard customer behavior, let alone a vaginal suppository. What about a patch? Big dose, small dose, microdose. What does that even mean? Um, what, what exactly is the difference between CBD and THC? Um, what does full spectrum mean? What about isolate? It's so much cheaper. Blah, blah, blah. All the questions, so many questions. And also, those are just the questions that we all have let alone, we haven't even considered yet that what Jacqueline needs might be really different than what Coco needs. Coco's, in fact, I do have an autoimmune condition, which is a lot of, um, called ankylosing spondylitis, where I have a lot of inflammation in my spine. And so I have my own autoimmune challenges plus, you know, kids. And, and so mine's anxiety and autoimmune. And maybe hers is sleep and depression, and chronic pain. We all have our own stories. Maybe hers is perimenopause is setting in and you know, you know, starting a new job. Our lives as women are just physiologically and psychologically ever-changing and ever-evolving. And we don't even need to look further than the past six months to show us that like stress levels and the things that we're reacting to are only getting more and more complex. So what, what's important about all of that is, no, is, like, is personalization. Um, there is not a one size fits all CBD is biphasic, which means it quite literally like works differently in different people. And, and, and you can go too far. There's a curve that it follows. It's not like one dose for you based on your BMI. That's not how it works. So based on wellness goals, based on medications that you're on, based on where you are, just your endocannabinoid system health, where you are in, in your own, um, you know, age, there's just, there's so much to it. And, and it really does take committing to a routine. So Marcy witnessed this in others 
and um, started helping them one-on-one in person in real life in these meetup groups, kind of experiment with different dosage and different delivery methods. And that was when these women came back to report, thank you. I had no idea where to start, let alone like how to experiment. And now you have helped me craft this routine that I can stick to that's, that's meeting my goals, which vary from person to person. So that was really the big, our commitment and we consider it sense of responsibility in this industry, which is so confusing and so noisy, is not just, we're not here to sell you CBD. We have very high quality medical grade CBD from a farm in which we are owners to sell you. Much more important than that, we are here to educate you about how it's working in your body and what specific dosages and delivery systems are going to work for you. Because we want you to be empowered and you to understand that this is an alternative. We are showing you an alternative. It doesn't have to displace pharma. We're not anti-pharma by any means. I still take my biologic injectable drug once a month, but I don't take it once a week anymore. And to me, that's really meaningful. I am more even. All the hype aside, you just if you if you stick to a high quality, full spectrum daily routine, you realize that the hype it was generated from real results and real people having really great experiences. So talk about the farm. Like, how did you, I love that you guys are owners in the farm and obviously, you know, Equilibria for everyone who's listening, it's for women by women. The branding is gorgeous. The product is beautiful um, and amazing. I use the comic roller every night. I love it. But tell us a little bit about building the brand, getting involved in the farm. I mean, that's a huge process. It's a, it's a yeah. huge, like you said, unregulated brand new industry. How did you navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. So right from the beginning, we'll we'll touch on the the first two pillars that you just mentioned, and then we'll just double click on the farm. So because every person's journey is different, we decided from the beginning that this was not just going to be about products. It was going to be about services. So every single member at Equilibria has a dosage specialist who's a trained cannabis educator who works with her to personalize that routine. Um, So that's um, sort of pillar number one is personalization and education. Pillar number two, as you mentioned, is focusing on women. The way that CBD works in the body, for those of you who, and many of you are probably, you know, expert users and, and aware of this, but CBD attaches to receptors in the endocannabinoid system, which is a system that's kind of a meta system across the body that's responsible for balance and regulation in all of our systems. It restores homeostasis or balance to every system, to your circadian rhythms, to your anxiety responses, to your your pain receptors. And so it can sound like CBD is this kind of like magic ingredient until you understand exactly like how it works and at the systemic level. So the reason that we focus on women is because one of those, first of all, women just balance is pretty important to us. And hormonal health is, is just one system that is often out of balance, whether it's, you know, periods or menopause or cramps or, you know, a whole host of other hormonal um, complexity. So from anxiety to sleep to hormonal health, there's just so much good that can be done for women by CBD. So personalized services, focus on women. And then none of this matters if what you're taking every single day, because daily and consistent is very important here. I talked about those receptors in the body and the endocannabinoid system. Those receptors need to be replenished. They need to be activated with the phytocannabinoid coming from the plant every single day, just like any other vitamin or supplement. That's when you're going to see the the greatest results. So if someone's putting this in their body every single day, 
how do we ensure that it is high quality, that it is safe, that it's actually optimized for therapeutic benefit and not just like, you know, to make a dollar. It was very uncomfortable to us how many CBD manufacturers, and there's over 5,000 now. Of course, the industry is full of lots of bad ones and some really great ones who we consider lucky to be peers with. But, you know, most of the people out there are cutting corners as manufacturers or as brands who are white labeling from those manufacturers. They don't know what farm did this come from? How was it processed? Was it just whipped into a mill and then a solvent was used to extract out the cannabinoids and then they're isolated, which means they don't even work in in tandem together very, very well. So origin, understanding origin, really important. Before that, understanding genetics, really, really important. Industrial hemp has been used for millennia for rope. It wasn't optimized for therapeutic use. The marijuana crop was optimized for therapeutic use. The marijuana seeds were where all of the cannabinoids and terpenes had been, had been optimized at the genetic level. So we are very careful to use legal strains that obviously have less than 0.3% THC in them, but that have just as much of that really rich CBG, CBD, CBN, all of the other cannabinoids exist in the flower. And they don't just get into the flower, they get into the flower because they've been optimized from the beginning at the genetic level. So we have a whole genetics and bioscience program before anything goes in the ground that's ensuring that, that what we're selling is as high quality as it possibly can be. Because just because it's hemp oil doesn't mean it's, it's chock full of, of the good stuff, the cannabinoids and the terpenes, which are going to produce these effects. So yeah, we, we just, it didn't feel right to us to go and, and just buy CBD from someone when we didn't deeply understand the genetics, the harvesting, we only, we harvest by hand. We only harvest the flower. CBD is found in trace amounts in the stalk and the stem. And so it's a lot cheaper to rip the plant out of the ground and whip it around in a mill and use, and use an extraction method to get the cannabinoids out. But the quality is so, the richness, the potency of the oil is so much stronger if you are preserving the sanctity of the flower and really only hand harvesting, which is what we do. So just every step of it, like the more I learned, the more, the more I was convinced that we had to stay very close to the supply chain, which is where this, this relationship came from. We, we did a big roadshow and um, partnered with a farm called CFH. It's an 1100 acre organic farm in, um, in Colorado. And we just work super closely together every single step of the value chain because it all informs each other. I feel like this is a masterclass in CBD. It's so helpful. I feel like I'm learning so much. Um, one of the things I also want to talk to you about is obviously you went from solopreneur to co-founder. So can you tell us a little bit about that dynamic, You know, what your sort of feeling is on co-founders and bringing on partners and things like that? Yes, 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 yes. I, I did have a co-founder pretty quick too. And I, you know, I can't, I truly can't imagine um, building a business without, without a partner, to be honest. Um, there's just so much, how can, you know, how can one person, you know, I've seen, I've seen some solopreneurs be successful, but, but early on they're bringing in complimentary leadership team members to complement their strengths. We all have weaknesses. We all have just functional areas of expertise and building a business. It's not just building a great product. It's not just distributing the product. It's servicing the customer. It's shipping it on time. It's it's all of it. Back to those early days at L'Oreal, right? It's like, 
you're a generalist, you're a jack of all trades. You're just responsible for putting it all together. So I think it's for me, I'm so grateful um, to have a partner who I think we balance each other out. Marcy and I do. I think we have a lot of similarities in terms of our passion and our vision and our commitment to women. I mean, we are in this to improve the quality of life for women and the mission behind what we do drives both of us very, very deeply. But the way that we exercise that commitment to mission is, is totally different. And I think that's really healthy. So I think the the co-founder now there's, there's, I have also been in um, co-founder like business relationships that are not healthy. And I think that's where, you know, just transparent communication is so important. And if it's not working, you just have to move on. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's more intimate. It's not more intimate than a marriage, but it is as intimate. It is very yeah. intimate. Yeah. It is, it is personal financials. It is good days and bad days. It is, I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot of, it's everything is at stake. You're in it together. Um, you're each other's sounding board and kind of accountability mirror. And, and that can be, that, that just, that has to be treated with respect. And if it's not working, it's better to just, you know, move on pretty quickly. Cut your losses. So Cut your true. Losses. So you've now been an entrepreneur for a long time. Looking back, what advice would you give yourself when you were first starting out? I think it's hard because now I would have told myself to optimize for growth and business model to performance much earlier. But then I wouldn't have learned all of those great lessons around like how not to do things. I mean, there were so many cycles of like, you know, just so many paths that we should not have gone down. We shouldn't have gone down so many of these paths. And we spent too much time and too much energy. energy. There was real opportunity cost. I mean, it was sort of wasteful in a way. Some of the paths, either maybe products that we built or marketing ideas that we tried that we didn't iterate fast enough. So I think I wouldn't have traded those experiences for the world and those mistakes for the world. But I think the succinct advice is make mistakes, but be data-driven about them so that when you figure out that something that you've just launched isn't working, you can quickly readjust. Build infrastructure for yourself, whatever that means for whatever you're doing. If it's a website, like set clear KPIs. What is it about the website? Is it sales that you're looking for? Is it traffic that you're looking for? Is it like, what is it? And then if you're not achieving your goals, change something. Change something. It's not nothing. I remember months on end of just looking at the numbers and saying, gosh, like we didn't, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't get there this month. Why not? Mm. And it's because we hadn't, we weren't focusing on the right levers and we didn't have like a data-driven system in place. And again, learned all the lessons, but could have learned them more quickly. Your time is really, really valuable. And we only get so many shots at this, you know, especially if we're putting our own capital to work. Time is at, you know, is also extremely valuable. Like you're going to hit some, some dead ends. And so there also just might be fatigue and burnout. And like, how many times can you get back up and go back at it? And so to maximize the probability of success and and minimize those like blockers, you have to be data-driven from the beginning and ready to change. Don't fall so in love with your own idea that you won't change it. Yes. We always say, if you're not pivoting, you're not paying attention. And I think that's, that's so important. So what's your big goal for Equilibria? Like what's your vision for the next five, 10 years? Yeah. 
I mean, we, we feel, we just feel so lucky to be doing what we're doing now, which is we're growing every month, double digit month over month growth and serving women. Like the fact that our goals can be linked to women served, like that's our KPI. That's who we're looking at. That's what we want to do. And so we just, the stories that we hear from them are so, from our members are so fulfilling and gratifying. Um, and they're real and they're not all, you know, they're not all perfect. Of course, there's things that we do wrong. And if your shipment's delayed, we're so sorry. And we're going to fix that, you know, but when taken, taken correctly, just the results and the changes and the improvements in quality of life that we hear from our member community are just so gratifying. So the next five years is about amplifying that by reaching more women and growing to be the household name for women and cannabinoid science. We are deeply convinced that not just CBD, but other cannabinoids as well have an un, can have unbelievable um, impact in your life. And so we want to be your destination to help you customize that routine for the foreseeable future, but growing that and focusing on growth and then our responsibility as we, you know, welcome more and more and more women into our community is to just make sure that from an R and D standpoint, we're working with our farm partner and other innovation partners to just launch the very, very best products. Our mission is to restore balance to the lives of women. And so, yes, we're going to do that through personalized service and education, but let's make sure that as new innovations come out, um, which we're constantly looking at in terms of, you know, cannabinoids themselves and also delivery systems. Like how are we getting that to her as quickly as possible in just the most effective way possible? Amazing. Well, Coco, thank you so much for your time. This was incredible. I feel like I genuinely learned so much. So we'll be putting all the information in the blog post for everyone to check out of where you can check out Equilibria um, and get your customized, personalized experience going. Amazing. Jacqueline, thank you so much. I love being here. Such so honored to be a part of it. Thank you very much. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com. So you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.